Thanks for tuning in to Move to Improve, where you'll you'll find honest conversations between chiropractors, other healthcare professionals, and the occasional elite athlete. So I'm here today with my uh, co-host, Dr. Alex Fitzowich. Hey guys, what's up? And we have a new guest today. We're, we're actually babysitting from here on out. Yeah. We got intern and soon-to-be chiropractic prospect. You forgot the pro-athlete part in there, Oh, too. yeah. <laughs> uh, Justin Hodginski. Close. Hodinsky. Hodinsky. <laughs> it's a tough There's one. Too many hard names. We're just it's trying to haze you. It's yeah, all that's yeah, all we're getting yeah. at. It's part of, part of the process. Yeah, yeah. Character building, actually. Yeah. It's the preferred term. So <clears throat> first of all, Justin, Dr. Hodinsky, tell us about yourself. Uh yeah, soon to be grad. Uh went down to Portland for school. Um, same as same as uh Matt here and yeah. Mm-hmm. Started off at the clinic for the next couple months, just checking stuff out, finishing my last little rounds of chiropractic school, and then fully graduated after that. Gotcha. Long walks on the beach, yeah. uh, American Idol, <laughs> any other things? Okay. <laughs> no, not, nothing relevant. Nothing. Okay, good. Okay, so today we wanted to tackle uh, a huge kind of topic for us, very important topic. Uh, and one of kind of growing concern, and that's chronic pain, right? So we actually also tasked Justin with doing a little research, so he's going to be spitting out facts for us today. Um, but chronic pain is something we all kind of probably know somebody that suffers with. And the idea of waking up with constant discomfort or daily aches, something that you know, you, you just can't get over it. That idea is pretty frightening for most people. We never really want to, or we never really do see ourselves in that position, but it's, it's difficult thinking long-term and far out and, uh, and, and feeling like you can move past that when, when you're being underserved in the healthcare community. So Dr. Alex, what can you tell us about chronic pain? Yeah, I think chronic pain is a is a big big problem in society in general because there's just so many factors that contribute towards it, right? So um, if you don't know really what we're talking about, a lot of people wake up with like kind of aches and pains, soreness in the morning. They're sore and stiff, but then they like you know start warming up, get on with the rest of their day, kind of occasional things. What we're talking about is more like you know either low or high grade kind of dull achy pain, maybe sharp pain that happens all the time never gets better, never really changes, might move around. Like there's just, the biggest thing is that people feel like it's something that will never get better. That's something that happens all the time in practice. People will come in even with a relatively minor or relatively acute uh, injury and they'll say like, will this get better? Can you help me? All these kind of things. They're really worried about their chronic pain. Um, And the issue with that is because pain is so multifactorial, the way that you perceive your pain also affects how you physically feel the pain. And so if this is something that you feel like you're going to have every single day for the rest of your life, it's never going to get better and it's only going to get worse. Your perception and your feeling towards that 
will also make it worse as well. So it's kind of this snowball effect and it can be really, really hard to get people out of this chronic pain situation. You know, we see a lot of people that are in car accidents or, you know, serious sports injuries or whatever it is. And they're worried that they'll, they'll never get better. And it ruins their whole life. Basically. It's not just physical pain anymore. It's every single element of their life. And so, you know, even if you treat them and you can see that they're moving better, that they're feeling better, that their trigger points and their functionality are all improved, they don't necessarily feel that and they might just still feel like they're getting worse. So that's really difficult on our end that they're not necessarily improving, even though we know they're improving. Yeah, that's that's a the big the big thing, the big thing about chronic pain and pain in general is there's a there's a trifecta that goes into that, the biopsychosocial model of pain. Um, and it's it's hard to really know to what extent what's contributing. But the way I kind of explain pain, especially chronic pain, is it, it's neurology, right? We're, in some sense, we're treating the tissues, we're getting your joints relief, and we're trying to get the, the, the system healthy. But on a bigger level, we're treating your nervous system. And, and pain kind of works the same way like a memory does. It's neurology. That's the same. So every time you experience and re-experience or even ruminate and continue to think and how, how poor and how miserable this pain is, you're reinforcing that pain pathway. And that's why the longer you have an injury, the more difficult it becomes to get rid of it is because that, that neural pathway starts to become ingrained. And so even when we do relieve the tissues and you feel good for a bit, it starts to come back. And that's why we really stress the importance of treating a long-standing issue, kind of like breaking a bad habit where, you know, you're going to get some degree of relief, but expect this to kind of want to come back. We're going to have to treat this again and get you that relief before it comes back. And, and kind of, you know, as things get better, we can back off a bit, maybe not see you so frequently, but we have to keep in mind that this thing can rebound at any moment. And, and we've got to be ready for there to break that bad habit because the longer, the, the more often you re-experience the pain, the more uh, that memory becomes consolidated. Um, Justin, I want to pass the torch off to you because I know you you did a little research before this. And uh, is there anything you can share with us? Uh, yeah, so kind of piggybacking on what both of you said. There, there's the three types of pain people normally experience. We got like the nociceptive, so that's like oh you cut your finger, so that's like high nerve endings. Those are sending pain signals, so we have that. We have some sort of neuropathic pain, which is um, more like a nervous system thing. Say so you stretch and fall and you're getting pins and needles down your arm. You're, you're damaging the nervous tissue. And then we have kind of more into the chronic pain side of things, the like central sensitivity, which is what you're saying where your, your nervous system is just firing and it can't truly figure out what the cause of the injury is, but just everything around it, your tissues, we have all the nervous system going in and it's just, the, the system's overloaded. So trying to figure out how to, how to branch that off and impact people and get them. So calming their nervous system down so we can like mm -hmm. truly get to the root of the, the pain and figure it out from there. That's, that's a great point. And that's actually a phrase I use with patients all the time is calming your nervous system down. So, you know, let's say you have a neck injury, you wake up, you can't turn your neck. Most common thing that we see in the clinic and because of the area of that injury and because it's so close to the nerves, it's affecting the spinal cord, the muscles, all of this complex structure in a small area, um, it will be 
I tell people much worse than it actually is, right? You're teaching those nerves that like, this is, you know, a dangerous situation. We've hurt ourselves and we want to prevent further damage. And so we're going to tighten our muscles. We're not going to move as much. Everything's going to swell, like all of these different responses to pain. Um, and part of that is like just reassuring your brain and your nervous system. Like, Hey man, you're not, you know, your neck isn't going to fall off. Like you're not going to do more damage as soon as we can work with this response that we've kind of taught our body, right? This pain response. As soon as we can downregulate that a little bit, people get faster, way, way better. But that's also in a relatively simple case, right? If they have other complicating factors, you know, fibromyalgia, depression, anxiety, like all of these, you know, mental things going on with them as well, as well as just different parts of their pain, like those all get intertwined and combined. So we're trying to get them to not teach their nervous system to be super sensitive and trying to teach it to relax. But that's not just in a physical sense, right? That's their daily anxiety, daily stress, along with their physical issues as well. Yeah. And, and that's a, a really big point that should be emphasized is, you know, pain is a very subjective thing. And there are some people who would experience the same pain as an 8 out of 10, while others would experience that as 2 out of 10. And that's, and that's perception, right? And so people that really... They really like soak, you know, they really feel that pain. It's good in a sense, but there's a time to, to step away and be like, you know what? I feel this, but I'm not going to let this become me. I'm not going to identify myself as this injury. Now, on the other side of the spectrum, you, you get the, the people that, oh, I'm just going to brush this off. I'm going to brush this off. It's nothing, whatever. You know, they're tough people. However, if you do that for so long and then suddenly you've had an injury from, from years and you've never, really addressed it well then it's going to be pain and the ass to get rid of because it's been around forever and you have this tough as nails mentality which might be okay in some sense but there's a downfall to that too so you you kind of kind of know what when to address an issue and and when it's okay to kind of push past the pain what pains could be a good pain like you just haven't moved in a certain direction for a long time and the joints are a little achy and stiff because of that and what pains are going to be a worsening and aggravating pain like a disc injury where you're just irritating the nerves by slouching right so you have to really have some you know you probably should have an expert to tell you what's something you can lean into and what's something you need to avoid to desensitize your nervous system. I feel like that's a, that's a big part of it with chronic pain type stuff is, uh, like you said, when you, you have damaged some sort of tissue and then you go to, say you damaged it picking up a box, the next time you go to pick up a box, you have like this fear, you're catastrophizing about it. You're like, ah, I like delay term. I don't want my back to go out. Um, all this stuff. So it's dealing with like, that change and how how to avoid the fear um when we all know through experience and everything like that like eventually you're gonna have to pick the box up so how do you get someone from point a to point b where they're so scared to pick up the box being able to like trust their body trust um the experts around them telling them that yeah like movement is going to help this and and try to move on from stuff like that Mm-hmm. I love that point actually about the catastrophizing and also with like the identifying with pain because everybody's heard it, right? The old guy in the gym that's like, yeah, I used to squat four plates in high school, but now I have a bad back. And he's literally like, this is me, who I am. I'm the guy with the bad back. I can't bend down. I can't tie my shoes. I can't sit for long periods of time. And that thought process like makes it worse. 
And then it is natural when we do have an injury to try to, well, to just to be afraid of re-injuring the tissue. Like we see that in even high level athletes, football players, basketball players, if they tear their Achilles, tear their ACL, like a bad injury like that, the biggest part honestly is getting them comfortable with playing again, because if you're playing tentatively in those sports, you're going to get hurt again because you're just going to get your butt kicked basically. And so on our end, you know, someone tears their ACL, that's easy. You go and get surgery or not, depending on it. And then we rehab it, we strengthen it. Like we have a whole protocol for that, but getting them back to showing that they're not going to re-injure themselves and give them that confidence. That's actually the hardest part, even for a normal injury. And we're talking about these long-term like chronic 10, 20 year things. Right. And so the way that you talk to your patients and the way that you consider um, pain is actually really, really important. And you don't want to put anything in your patient's mind that kind of like helps them identify with that. Right. Like you never want to be like, Oh, this is your good side and this is your bad side, you know, or the, you know, the, the bad knee or like this or that, like small, small little things like that. People can identify with that. And that doesn't help that fear and catastrophizing and everything. Yeah. That makes me think of an interesting study that showed that early MRI imaging for, I believe, low back pain um, was associated with a worse prognosis. So let's say you're going in and getting treated and they're doing imaging right away and it really maybe isn't even indicated, but, oh, let's just see. Yeah. That, that oh, look at that, your MRI, you have this degeneration, you have that degeneration, your disc, your blah, blah, blah. And so that person goes, oh, I'm, I'm a broken person. I'm not coming back from this. And, and even on an unconscious level, that worsens your prognosis, meaning that the, your ability to recover from that injury is lessened just based on that, that subjective influence. And I know uh, Justin has some interesting data on that. I was that. just gonna say the, the stat man is here. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. This is <laughs> so, what you get when you can look things up. It's fantastic. Yeah, and that might yeah. stick. I don't know. Research is key here. Um, no, but yeah, going off that, like pain doesn't equal pathology, and there's been numerous studies that have like demonstrated this. I found one uh, from 2015. Um, it was a RCT. They took. Out of all, all the, all the papers I found, 1,000, sorry, 3,110 patients, uh, they were asymptomatic individuals. They were looking at back or low back studies. So they did CT and MRI imaging on them. And they looked at a span from 20 year old to 80 year old, just looking at how, how the, the images presented. So in 20 year old individuals, um, just for disc degeneration, 37% of individuals at age 20 had some sort of de- degeneration going. At age 20. At age 20. And then by the time you go to 80, 96% of individuals had some sort of disc degeneration. And these are asymptomatic people mm-hmm. who are walking around every single day with these, these pathologies, uh, as this study put it. Yeah, um, meaning they have no complaints. Yeah, nothing. They're totally fine. Yeah. So 96 if you took nine, 96 out of 100 MRIs of someone who's over 80, they would look terrible and you would be like, oh my God, how is this guy even walking? And then they actually walk in your clinic and they're completely fine. So agree, pathology isn't always indicated by imaging. Yeah, and that just goes with the, the whole MRI and prognosis type thing. So a lot of people with chronic pain or maybe suffering from previous injuries where someone has done imaging on them. They're like, Hey, like you got this. And then as soon as the person hears that, Oh, like brain shuts down, like, Oh, I have a bulge. My disc is degenerating. Like this is going to cause all these issues. 
when realistically it's it's common findings and it's more of a brain matter than an actual physical like tissue matter. It's interesting that you say that because like the minute before they got the MRI, they felt completely fine. And then they got the MRI and now they're like, oh, something's wrong with me. Like, no, nothing was ever wrong with you. It's just this finding on the imaging. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, if you, if you are getting degeneration, don't get me wrong. That's something that's going to have to be managed. And if, Hey, if you've got a lot of degeneration and arthritis coming up at a young age, maybe you're moving wrong and that is going to be a problem eventually. But first of all, regardless of what it is, it can be managed and you're going to get the best outcome for your health. If you approach it with an optimistic standpoint, right. And, uh, yeah, the more you ruminate on that, and the more you you, you develop self defeating thoughts about it, it's gonna you're gonna have a worse outcome regardless. So, do deal with things, but also don't let them define you. Yeah, it's all about um, setting like small attainable goals. Like you walk in and say your your chronic pain is neck pain, and you you haven't been able to look over your right shoulder for twenty plus years. Mm-hmm. You come in, maybe you have ten degrees of motion to your right. Hey, like. Today or this week, after the next like couple treatments here, we're gonna try to get that up to five degrees. Like just slow incremental, like objective goals that people can follow to give them a little bit of hope to say like get through something and be like, oh my god, like hey, I can turn my neck a little bit more than I could yesterday. Yeah. Like and just build off that. And you know what? I think what I find the most is that people that have chronic pain, they come in, they get treated for a bit, they improve. In most instances, yep. but it's when they, uh, uh, I'm feeling good. I'll just go back. You know, maybe they stop coming in. Maybe they get into old bad habits. They forget about it. As soon as the pain's away, that motivation to go out of pain is away. And then it comes back and then, you know, it's catastrophizing. Oh, I'm never going to get rid of this. It's coming back. It's always going to come back. And that's where it's like, okay, even when you don't have that pain as a motivator, you need to address it as a lifelong managing thing, and at least until you're out of the woods for you know several years if it's a long-standing issue. A hundred percent. And I think I think managing the expectations is super important, right? Because people will come in and be like, "Yeah, I've had these neck pain and headaches for 20 years," and then like when you don't fix that in 20 minutes, they're like, "Oh well, nothing happened." It's like, no, like again, measure the range of motion. Oh, you didn't have a headache today for the first time in 20 years, like. All these things are huge, and especially with chronic pain patients that are more likely to get down on themselves and frustrated. And like, don't don't get me wrong. Like, if you've had pain every day for twenty years, I feel for you a hundred percent. But just showing them that, like, okay, well, it's not going to be better in one visit, but we have seen it's getting better. That's my biggest thing. If I can see anything get better, even if that's not necessarily your main complaint or what you're looking for. I'm like, okay, this is something that we can work off of. As long as we keep making things better, we still have places to go. And it's exactly like you said, people are kind of forget that they kind of forget that they've been in pain for 20 years. They come in, they're finally feeling like a little bit good. And then they'll either go out and do something that kind of like ruins all the progress that they've made, or they just like go back to their bad habits again and do the same thing that causes it again. So part of it too, is just managing we really work on managing the whole patient, right? Patients aren't just a spine and a nervous system and muscles. They're a brain, they have feelings, emotions, all those kind of things. And honestly, that's such a big thing, especially with chronic pain patients to try to manage that as well. Yeah, yeah. And just to, to understand that for chronic pain, the treatment plan is so important 
because it's you're tra- you're treating not just the body itself, but you're treating the nervous system, and the nervous system works through reinforcement. You're you're reinforcing that treatment, um, and you you know you can spread that out as you get better, but you have to reinforce it, and stay consistent, and and just think of pain like a memory in that in that sense, and know that that pain doesn't equal structural damage right like what what hurts more partially tearing a rotator cuff or completely rupturing a rotator cuff muscle actually partially tearing yeah right same thing with breaking a bone right yeah yeah all all these things that as soon as the actual actual bad injuries are really bad but really quick and so yeah rupturing your achilles rupturing your acl happens super quick sometimes it's a lot more painless than like a sprain or a strain or any of these more chronic things yeah all right, Justin, any closing notes? No, I think uh, that's basically it. Like it, it's through like the biopsychosocial model, like it's all about optimal load. Like whether you're stressing like their mental capacity to like for the neck example, again, their, their capacity to turn their neck to the right, mm-hmm. um, anything like that. It's just about like small attainable goals where you're working and not loading the tissue too, too much. Um, and a good way to do that too, if you think about it, like people will get total hip replacements or walking within hours because just like that movement and getting like the body to not be like, Oh shit, I can't do this anymore. Like, yeah. uh, like getting people moving and yeah, having little goals like that is, is crucial to, to managing stuff. You said a key thing there that was really important, optimal loading, yeah. right? We, we want to introduce stress to you. At, in a slow, graded, slowly growing way um, so that your body slowly becomes uh, stronger and adaptive to it. Just like if you have a fear of elevators, the first day you might just walk up to an elevator. The second day you might press a button. The third day you might well, go inside in, it, yeah. look inside it. Yeah. Uh, within a month, you're going to be going up and down because it's that slow introduction and, and injury needs to be treated the same way. But it's about knowing where that fine line is so you don't step over it and, and re-aggravate it. I don't know if you guys have ever heard this story. Um, I forget the researcher. I forget how it was going, but uh, he had a partial tear in his Achilles tendon. So he went up to his buddy who was an orthopedic surgeon. He's like, hey, like reconstruct my Achilles. He's like, no, I'm not going to do it unless it's fully torn. Like at that point, that's the only time they were trying to reconstruct him and stuff. So he goes, he goes home, he puts his toes on the stairs and he lifts up on his toes and just drops. And he's ballistically loading his Achilles tendon, trying to rupture his tendon so his buddy could go and fix it for him. And after a couple of days, he's like, oh, my God. It feels my, better. My Achilles tendon doesn't hurt. Oh, my so God. So you think the same thing with, like, the rotator cuff you are saying. Like, that's – you have to impose some sort of stress to to the system in order for it to, like, actually recuperate and regenerate yeah. and all this stuff. Um, so, yeah, if anyone's kind of worried about chronic pain, like, you're – you can load damaged tissues and yeah. they actually heal themselves. I think that's Yeah, we cool. don't recommend that. As <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, don't do that. Let us do that. But that, that actually is a perfect example. Like, yeah. think about it. Your Achilles tendon's hanging on by like a little thread and people are terrified that they don't want it to be ruptured. And I get that, right? We don't want you to go through surgery, but there's a lot of stuff that we can do. And I always tell people in a situation like that, like at the beginning, the, the most that you might do optimal for you might be doing a calf raise with both legs in order to support the injured one. Maybe we don't do anything else because we don't want to risk it, but teaching people, I say this all the time that just because something's sore doesn't mean that you're damaging it more in a case like a torn Achilles. Yeah. You have to be a little bit more careful, but like 
there's going to be pain involved in that rehab process. And that tension is the only way that things are going to get better. And so yeah. we, we help you, you know, you don't know what's going to tear your Achilles. That's fine. You didn't go to school. That's our job. We're making sure that you don't do anything to tear it, but under our supervision, you can do way more than you think, and you can get back way quicker than you think. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what we do is we, we introduce the stress in a way that's going to minimize damage and maximize healing right in a controlled setting and that's what we provide and our treatment is the most effective first-line care for musculoskeletal uh, disorders and uh, unfortunately we live in the most drug addicted time in human history right it's it's a huge and it's a growing issue i think in the u.s the number one cause of death under 50 is uh, opioid overdose it's uh, it's a growing issue so if you do have chronic pain please try not to you know, rely or lean on that as your as your way out because it's not a good way out, and and seek some help or get it looked after because there's a light at the end of the tunnel. You just got to stay the course. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Thanks, Doctor Alex. Thanks, yeah, Doctor Justin. Yeah. Bringing some good stuff to the table today. All right, really really appreciate the support, and we'll catch you on the next one.